In today's podcast episode, we'll be going over the three things you should avoid when you're starting your detailing business. This is going to be applicable whether you just started, you already have a few months or years under your belt, or you're starting, you're looking to start your detailing business maybe in 2021. This will be a great podcast episode for you. All right, so glad to have you back for another podcast episode, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening to it on Spotify or Stitcher or Google or wherever it may be. Glad to have you here for another episode. So let's get straight into the three things to avoid when you're starting your detailing business. Now, this can really be applied at any point. Don't just think like, hey, like I've already been in business for two years. This isn't applicable to me. Uh, It still might be. So I definitely urge you to listen through the entire episode. You might still be able to pick up some nuggets that you can implement into your business, into your daily routine of operations of whatever you're doing. So let's dive in with number one. These aren't in any specific order in terms of number one is more important. I just kind of laid them out as it came to mind. So uh, number one would be don't spend most of your time being a detailer. I know it's a weird concept to grasp because you're starting a detailing business because you want to offer detailing services, right? And you want to be paid as a detailer. But here's a few things you have to keep in mind, okay? is one, don't replicate what other detailers are doing on YouTube. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, I'm more certain than not that a lot of your inspiration and motivation comes from seeing other detailers on YouTube, right? You're watching some satisfying cleaning, some foaming, some polishing, perhaps working on high-end vehicles, perhaps doing some like disgusting, dirty interiors Mm -hmm. on YouTube, right? Um, Now, the thing you have to keep in mind, though, is that what you see on YouTube is not necessarily how it translates to detailing as a business, okay? So, and there's nothing wrong with this. I did the exact same thing. You just have to be aware of what's going on to where what you see on YouTube is they're doing it for the camera, right? They're making sure that it's going to be satisfying or more entertaining or more educational or whatever other goal they have or objective they have with the video. It's meant not to not to show like how exactly they move when they're detailing a customer's vehicle, you know, if they're if you're watching an interior cleaning video, like one of those like satisfying, you know, you know, uh, um, discussing transformation videos, more often than not, they are slowing down the process. Um, they are making sure they're getting different shots from different angles uh, to make it more pleasing, appealing, satisfying for the viewer. So if you're seeing someone on YouTube that's going real slow with the agitation, that's making the suds come, you know, really, really show on, on, on the on the surfaces. They're extracting very slow so you can really see all that gunk come out. Okay, that's YouTube detailing. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. I did the exact same thing with my uh, videos. If you go um, on Detail Groove, if you go a while back, you'll see that, well, you can't really tell, but I am, I guess, admitting that like, not admitting, I'm just letting you know what I was doing, that, you know, I slowed down the process, right? I made sure that I was, I focused in on the extraction. I made sure that, you know, you could really see the before and afters. And again, because that's what the viewers wanted, right? In the comment section, they're like, ooh, I really like it when you, when you, you know, the vacuuming, the extracting, the agitation, do this, do that, do this. And I was just, you know, I would be appealing, I would be making my videos to appeal towards the audience. So it's the same thing with you. If you're, if you're watching someone and they're using whatever machine, whatever product, whatever tool, and they're making it very satisfying, they're making it, you know, very entertaining, that's not what's going to translate to detailing in the real world. And once that happens, like, it's it's a pretty big disconnect between what you see on YouTube and what you're supposed to do on uh, when you're working in your business. And if you, if you carry over that same mentality between what you see on YouTube 
and that's thinking what you should do, and you go replicate that, you're going to take way longer than expected. You're going to, you're not going to make as much money. Yes, you're probably going to get, I wouldn't say better results, but you will get the results that you're looking for, but you can get the exact same results, just not going as slow, just not making it as fancy. I've mentioned this in other videos where like, you know, when we're working in, in our business, we're not doing things super fancy. We're not there to over romanticize the services that we're doing, right? We are technicians, right? Don't look, I would prefer that you don't, you don't look at yourself as a detailer, right? Don't, because that's what gets you in the weeds of like, you know, you over romanticize things and you really want to, you know, do things very crafty and very like specialist. You know, you're, you're a technician at the end of the day, right? Not that that's wrong. Not that, you know, I urge you to think any, any other way, but it does help to, to put you in that mindset of like, Hey, I am here to work. I guess I can enjoy the work. Yes. I like the work. Yes. I'm passionate about the work, but you know, if you're focused on building a business, you can't have being a detailer, the forefront thought of the entire process because it'll eat away into not just your profits, but just how you think about your business as a whole, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it, it is like, I see it time and time again, like uh, other detailers are trying to replicate what they see on YouTube and you can just clear, clearly tell that there's a huge disconnect, right? Like on YouTube, they're doing it for the audience, for the views, uh, to, to show a process, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's just not going to work as well when you're doing it uh, in your actual business. So just be be cautious that you're not, you know, doing exactly what you're seeing on YouTube because it might not be working out in your favor. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't learn from videos. Of course you can. It's just what you see there, you have to be able to mold it to fit to your business and your operations to make sure you're able to do things how you're supposed to be doing it. Uh, another point here is um, if you look at, and I have my notes here in Evernote. That's why I keep on looking at my phone. Um, if you look at the, the, and we're still on the same point of, um, of you can't be too much of a detailer is you have to focus in, I mean, not focus in, but if you look at the landscape of what of your detailing business, right. And you look at what things you should be doing in order to grow your business, um, on, on, on that list, you know, being a detailer is only but a small fraction of the overall picture, right? Going into your detailing business, you can't have the, or you, you know, don't have the mindset of the number one thing that's going to help me get more customers or that's going to help me make more money or that's going to help me, help me be more successful is being the best detail that the, the best detailer in my area. Okay. Like again, you're starting a detailing business because you want to offer detailing services. I get it. But in the overall grand picture of things, being the best detailer in your area or trying to get yourself from a level seven to a level eight will only yield you marginal results. Meaning if you're, and again, I'm, I'm talking very, very generic here, right? Don't like, don't try to paint me into a box of like, well, Oscar specifically said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking very, very generic here. Okay. But if you're, let's say a level six detailer, right? A little bit above average. If, even if you jump up to a level eight detailer, right? Whatever that may mean. The, the, the results that you get from that in terms of the customers is insignificant. Meaning if you go from a level six to a level eight as far as skills in your, with, your, with your detailing skills, the customer doesn't see much of a difference, right? So you're going to spend all this extra time and energy trying to get better, improving on your skills. And although, yes, let's like as a detailer on the detailing side of things, yes, you do improve. Like you can see an actual difference, which is great, right? Nothing. But I just want to clarify that on the customer end side of things, if you can get that 
small extra bit of stain out, if you can polish out just a little bit more of those frozen scratches, if you can, you know, if you can do just a little bit more to you, it's like, oh, like, you know, I was able to get, you know, I was able to knock down that stain from, I don't know, from 60% to 30%, right? You're able to knock off that, a few extra, um, those extra swirls of scratches on the paint. To you, that's a big thing because you're the one that's passionate. You're the detailer. You're the one hyper-focused on what you're doing. But to the customer, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I, I honestly couldn't tell a difference. Like, oh, thanks. But, you know, it, it looked good, you know, 40 minutes ago, all this extra work that you did, like, it looks about the same. It looks good. Thank you. You know, so, and we see that all the time. We'll take those extra steps, right? Because we can, it's, it's within our budget. Like that's, you know, that's why we charge what we charge. And we'll go those extra steps. We'll spend a little bit more time. We'll get just a bit better results, right? And, you know, the customers come out and they're like, wow, it looks amazing. And we go through that extra time, right? And they come out again and they're like, wow, it looks amazing. Like there is no difference in their mind because they can't, they don't have the eyes that you have, right? You are, you know, pretty much trained to see what 99% of other people won't see. So you trying to really be the best and going after every single little whatever it may be will only yield you marginal results, which is why, again, I'm not, I don't want you to just focus on being a detailer because that will only get you so far. You know, me just being, you know, like that doesn't mean you can't be, that you have to be a, it doesn't mean you can be a crappy detailer. Of course not. Like you have to know what you're doing. But I'm saying there's a, a, a specific threshold that you have to meet that once you get to that threshold, once you go beyond that, not much changes in the results that you get and the difference for the customer. Okay, and last point here is um, when you're starting off, right, budget in your calendar when you're going to be detailing and when you're going to work on your business, okay? And when I say budget in when you're going to detail, I'm assuming that, like, you want to go and train, you want to go and practice to hone in on your own skills, right? So instead of just saying, okay, hey, look, it's, you know, 5 p.m. after work, I'm just going to go to the garage and detail so I can get better. Instead of saying that, right, which is fine, right, you want to improve on your skills, absolutely fine but set a a you know allocate a budget of time to just focus on detailing and allocate a specific set of time to focus on the business so you know if it's if it's 5 p.m you're back from work right and you're like hey i'm gonna spend the next three hours in the garage okay that's the bad way to do it right where you just like kind of going like kind of wander around and like hey you know how many hours can i spend here or let me just spend the rest of the night here no instead you just say hey from six to seven i'm going to detail whatever you know whatever you're doing go that but you have six to seven to detail and from eight to nine, you're going to work on the business. Work in that type of, of routine because if you're just always just, hey, I'm going to go out. Hey, I'm going to go practice. Hey, I'm going to go practice. Hey, I'm going to practice. Like, yes, you are getting better, but at the end of the day, detailing does not move the business forward. What moves the business forward is working on the business side of things. If I were to di- completely disregard all the business side of things, which is like everything that has to be done on the laptop, and, and Lex and I would just focus on detailing i mean our business would not move forward right if him and i both went to go get paint correction sanding and coding application training if we both went to go get you know iirc certified to do interior cleanings if we all just focus on that and that that is exactly what we did 100 percent of the time the business will only move forward this much and if you're just listening to the podcast like you know i have my fingers up saying like there's only a marginal uh marginal space of of growth that you have so don't just you know Go into the garage and like, you know what? Hey, like, I want to be the best detail. Let me just watch a bunch of YouTube videos and, you know, correct paint for the, for the rest of the night. No. Growing your business is focusing on the business, not on the detailing side of things. 
So allocate, you know, basically you're budgeting your time with your detail operations, specific, some time on detailing, some time on business. Now, when you're first starting, I'll give you that you're, you need the confidence to, you know, offer the services. So if you're just getting started, then it does make sense to put a bit more time on the detailing side of things so you can, you know, be somewhat confident with your services. Now, you're, not, you're never going to be 100% confident, right? Don't think like, hey, like I want to, you know, I, I want to keep on practicing because I really want to be confident before I go offer services. Regardless of the fact, even if you go get trained, you're still not going to be confident. You still, you're still going to feel like you can do a little bit more to get better before you offer services. So know that no matter how much training you do, you'll never feel like you're confident to go and charge money for your services. All right, just, just keep that in mind. But allocate a specific set of time. If you're just getting started, you'll probably want to lean a bit more to the detailing side of things. And, you know, just generally speaking here, as you get better, start moving that time from detailing to the business side of things. So I'm not going to give any specific numbers because every single person that's watching this video or listening to this podcast will have a different lifestyle. But let's say that within the given time that you have, you give 60% to detailing, 40% to, to business. As time goes on as and, and you improve, whatever that may be for you, you go 50-50, right? 50 business, 50 detailing. And then as you get better, you go 60-40, 60 business, 40 detailing. And as you know, as you're like, okay, I, I, you know, you've gotten a few customers, you, you've kind of get a, have a better understanding of what you're doing, you go 70-30 and you start, you know, 70% on business and 30% on detailing. And you keep on, you know, going that to where you're 80-20, where 80% of your time is on the business and 20% of your time is on detailing. Because once, to a certain point, you no longer have to focus on detailing in terms of like, how do I clean leather? How do I clean wheels? How do I correct paint? Then after that, it gets to how do I clean wheels faster? How do I finish this faster? Which is different, right? You're not just looking at, you know, how can I clean wheels, but how can I clean wheels more efficiently to where I can knock down from 10 minutes to 8 minutes to, you know, how can I clean the, how can I vacuum from, you know, 30 minutes to 20 minutes? So those are, it's, it's, a, it's a shift you have to make at some point, right? But first you have to learn, then you have to get efficient at it. So those are two different things that can still fit within that 20% margin of time that you have once you've gotten the handle of the skill set part of things with your detailing. So, wow, that's a long uh, first point there. <laughs> uh, let's continue. Um, where are we at here? Number two is don't base your worth and value in the tools and products you use. And I know this isn't a big one because everyone wants what? Everyone wants the nice tools, the big brands, the, the ones that, you know, only the professionals use. And, you know, what's the point that I have here? Um, yeah, so customers don't care about what you use. They care about the results that you deliver. So, you know, I, I've mentioned this in a recent podcast or in a recent YouTube video where, like, if your, you know, if your brakes are gone, if you need your engine repaired or transmission repaired, right? You're not asking the mechanic, hey, do you have, you know, the latest snap-on wrench? Of course not. You know, whether it's a Husky or a snap-on or whatever the case may be, you just want your car running again, right? And the same thing with you. Customers aren't looking at you saying, hey, um, do you have the Rupes Mark III? Oh, you have the the Grits the the Grits Garage G um the Grits Garage six inch polisher the first version. Oh, I don't I don't think I want to use it as a detailer. That's not happening. That conversation is not happening with your detailer with your uh, with your customers. It's simply not. So if you're looking at you know whether it's on the forums or Facebook groups or you know detailers on YouTube and you're like oh well they're using the Rupes the Grits the Adams the whatever the whatever like I want to save up to get that one. Mm, you know no because once you acquire that tool that whatever brand it is, nothing changes, right? If you have a 
$150 polisher versus a $450 polisher. Is there a difference in quality? Of course, to a degree, right? There are going to be differences. Does it make an impact on your business? Are you, you know, more of a professional because you now have this better, you know, quote unquote, better tool and product? No, not at all, right? Whether you're using a $5 tire dressing, a $15 tire dressing, you're still dressing tires, right? It's still going to degrade over a few days or a few weeks. So yes, there's differences between brands, right? I'm not, you know, there's no argument there, but the impact that it has on your business is so marginal in the beginning phases that you shouldn't worry about it, right? Like if you don't have many customers, if you don't have that much revenue, what good is it to save up $400 for one polisher when you could go with a more affordable option and get the polisher and the pads and the compound and the polish and a few towels versus you're just saving up for one polisher, okay? It's like, it's the same thing with me in photography and the skills like could, like, you know, if, if any of you guys are into photography, right? Let's say I wanted to get like a Sony uh, 70 to 200 millimeter lens, right? 2.8, I believe. All right, that's going to cost like $2,600, right? $2,600 for one piece of lens. Or I can go with a, what is it? A Tamron 70 to 180 millimeter 2.8, which is like $1,200. So it's almost, it's more than half, um, it's less than twice the cost of the Sony. It's about the same lens, maybe not the same quality, maybe not the same features, but I get the job done. And I'm able to spend what would have been $2,600 for one lens. I can buy two lens and a few accessories with the more affordable option. So it's the same thing with you. Don't just say, oh, well, that person using, you know, X, Y, Z. So, you know, I want to be seen as the best. I want to get those results. So let me do that. It doesn't work that way. If you give a person that's well-skilled with detailing and they're confident in their skills, give them the Rupes, give them the Griots, give them the Max Shine, give them the whatever the brand I can think of, and they'll get the job done. They will get the job done. Granted, yes, curves, this, this, and or maybe in this scenario, this works better than that. Yes, I'll give you that. But overall, like, can they get the job done? Absolutely, yes. No problem whatsoever. So next point here is, um, what is this one? I'm on number three. Yeah. So you can, you can have the best of everything and still not make money. And this is, I made a podcast episode, the last one, I believe, where even if you spend, even if you have all the things that you need, right? Let's say it's even the best tools and products, right? The, the, the best of the best brands, the most expensive ones. That doesn't mean you're going to be any more successful, okay? There's no correlation between you having more tools and products or better tools and products and how successful you're going to be. There is no correlation, right? Someone that had a $10,000 budget and was able to purchase the higher end tools and products will not be any more successful. Let me actually put my phone on silent will not be any more successful than the person that has to start off with the more affordable options, right? Person A got the Rupes, the Griots, the Adams. Uh, person B got the Maxshine, the um, whatever, you know, you know the point I'm trying to make here. I, don't, I can't think every single brand at the top of my head. But you get the point where if you have more money to start off with and you're able to purchase more to, better tools and products, that doesn't mean you're going to be any more successful than the person that was able that purchased the more affordable options. So that means the affordable the person that's purchased the most affordable options can be way more successful than the person that has all the nice fancy tools and products, right? So don't get stuck in your head of like, well, I really want to be successful and the pros are using these. It doesn't matter what they're using, right? It's all a process, right? You have to like I always say this, right? Progress over perfection. Like everything is a stepping stone. Everything is just a staircase. You might want the Rupes, right? which is like, let's just say, I don't know, 400. What you can afford right now is 150. Okay, 
purchase that one for 150 make you know use it actually get customers for polishing or whatever the case may be make your money back on that save up sell off that polisher acquire a better one a 250 dollar one put that into use and get your money back make money save and then purchase the next one so i see everything as a milestone as a stepping stone i never purchase one product and i'm like this is the last one i'm ever going to use you know this is the best one right eventually you get to that point but i've never i never looked at it of like oh like the next purchase I make has to be the best one and it's going to last me forever. No, there are stepping stones to it. Look at it like that. Like what I purchased right now, I'll use it, make money, and then I'll purchase another one. I'll use it, make money, and I'll purchase another one. I know there's the, the mindset of like I buy nice so I don't buy twice. I don't buy into that at all. Like not in the, in no way would I recommend you say, hey, you know what? Well, you know, that that polisher might not last you as long. It might not be as good. So just 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 spend 3x the, the amount on a better polisher. It's going to last you longer. You're going to get better results. Mm, no, not at all. What you have to focus on is when you purchase a tool or product, how quickly can you make your money back on that thing you just purchased, right? If you purchase a $400 polisher and you have no customers, no pain correction customers, hardly any revenue, how long is it going to take you to break even on that purchase, right? So don't look at it in terms of like, oh, like I really want to, you know, Make sure I get a high quality one is going to last. No, what you need to look at is how fast can I get my money back on this, right? How, how quickly can I start making money with this tool and product where I'm back in the positive, not just trying to break even. So yes, a better tool product is like, it's cool to have, but I would not recommend you say, I really want to save up for that better tool product because it's going to last longer because it's actually made of quality. Mm, no, not at all. What you have to focus on is, hey, once you buy this tool and product, how quickly can you make your money back on it? Right? How quickly can you put it into service to where it's actually making you money in your business? So don't be like, oh, I really want the, you know, Rupes. It doesn't matter about what you want, right? What can you use right now to make you money, right? Whether that's a $10 product, $100 product, uh, $500 product, it does not matter. You have to focus on how can I put this into my business and actually start using it to make money. And again, the you can always just keep on upgrading as you go. Don't, I personally am not a fan at all of the buy nice so you don't buy twice. I, it's as a business, like I will apply that more to personal items, right? That is just like for like for, for lens, for whatever the case may be, like for personal things, I'll probably have a better, I'll probably apply that mindset better for personal things versus a business. Because a business, you have to look at ROI, return on investment. You have to look at, hey, like, you know, is this going to affect my cash flow? Is this going to affect whatever, whatever? Like you have to be able to make money off that item. And if you barely have any customers, you barely are making any money. What good is it for you to have a, a high end tour or product if it's, if you're not really even using it all that much. So keep that in mind when you're purchasing tools and products. Okay. So, um, number three, as far as the, the last point on, uh, of the three is, and hopefully this, this doesn't rough up some feathers. Let me take a sip of water. I just spilled water all over my shorts. Cool. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably saw that. If you're just listening to this podcast, go back to the YouTube video and watch that part. Actually, no. Actually, I don't even know if you caught that on, on camera, so I don't know. Okay, so third one is don't blame your lack of success on anything other than yourself. Man, let me tell you. You know how many comments and emails I get and DMs I get of like, hey, like my market is just, it, 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 you know, it, I just can't raise my prices. Yeah, my market, it just, you know, there's not enough people. Oh, my market, well, 
you know, there's just too much competition. Well, you know, it's just, I wish I could do that, but there's just too many this and this, this and that. And it's all these external factors that you're looking at, like why you're not successful or, or like why you can't do this one thing that you want to do or why you can't raise your rates. It's all because like something else other than myself, right? Like it is out of my control. It is out of my reach. It is something that I have no control over and I am just a victim to the situation that I'm in. I get those a lot. And it's like, it's very alarming because like, you chose to be a business owner, right? An entrepreneur. You, you want to go on this route. And already by the way you speak, I can see that you are clearly in a like, you know, victim type mode of like, oh, well, this happened to me, which is why I'm not successful. You can't think that way. So let me see what I wrote down here. So I wrote down, uh, growth is deliberate. It won't happen for any other reason. So if you do have a problem, if you do, if you are in a situation that's not in your favor, okay, well, guess what? You are the business owner. You are the entrepreneur, you know, quote unquote. So you have to, you have to come up with a solution to that problem, right? Whatever it may be. And like, like, I, I don't know what that problem is going to be, right? I don't know what you're going through. Every single person watching and listening to this podcast is going to be in a different circumstance. So I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, well, you know, what would you do with this? What would you do with that? I, like the base level thing that I can that I think to myself is like whatever problem there is there's a solution to it nothing more than that whatever problem arises there's going to be a solution to it um so yeah so you can only get more customers and make more money if you choose to do that so I was I went on IG live a few days ago and um I, I think it's I was reading YouTube comments and people were saying like why they can't charge more in their market right it's like, I wish I could charge those rates. I wish that I could, you know, make more money, whatever, whatever. And let's just say, right, this is not true, but let's just say you generally cannot raise your rates in your area, right? Let's just, let's just say you, you have, you legitimately cannot raise your rates. Like the market just cannot pay a dollar more over what you're currently charging, all right? If that is true, which is not, if, that it's, if that's true, then what else will you do to be more successful, to make more money, Right? Like I get the comments of like, oh, I just can't charge more. Okay, then what else are you going to do to be able to run a successful business in your area? Are you just saying like, yeah, you're just stuck in that situation, right? Like, like what else is there to do that you can do that you have control over if you really can't charge more for your services? Can you, can you get more customers at the same rate? Uh, can you get more customers and charge them the same price but make more money because you have more volume? Can you charge the same rate but just finish faster, thus making more per hour? Right. So like don't fall into this mindset of like, oh, well, I can't charge more. It's like, does the conversation stop right there? Like, is, is there nothing else after that that you can that you can say that will change the outcome of what you currently have? Right. So it, like if you want more customers, if you want to make more money, if you want to be have a more successful business, it is a deliberate choice that you make saying whatever situation I'm in, I'll figure it out. Right. Because like it is astonishing to see that like you just hear the excuse like, ah, I just can't charge more. It's like, bro, what, what else do you want to do? Like, okay, you can't charge more, which is a lie. But okay, you can't charge more. What's the next step? And following all, along on that, on, that, um, on that part is that the, chance, the, the odds of you not being able to raise your rates is false, okay? You're telling me that there's no one else in your area that offers the same services that charges more than what you're charging, Right. If you really think that you can't charge more for your services, you can honestly say with without a shadow of a doubt that there's no other detailer in your area that offers the same results that's charging more than you. 
nine out of 10 times, 10 out of 10 times, there's someone else that's charging more than you. There's someone else that's flooded with work, charging whatever they want, and you're here complaining and crying and whining that you can't charge more. Okay, so it's like, it, it, it just helps to give you a perspective, right? Like, I'm in Houston, right? There are plenty of detailers in Houston within like 15, 20 miles of me that are struggling to keep the doors open, that can't find customers, that just wish that, you know, that they can get more customers, that, can, that they can charge more rates, right? Yet over here with us, we're doing fine. We're booked that two weeks in advance. We get calls every single day. We get emails every single day. But to that person that's struggling over there, they're thinking, oh man, it's the market. It's the competition. I, I just can't raise my rates. But, but why is that? I, I'm doing fine. What's wrong with you? Like, you know, your problems are your problems. My problems are my problems. We have the same, you know, we're in the same market. We're, we offer the same services. So why is it that, you know, I have a completely different outcome than what you have? Right. So just think about that when you when you start making excuses, because it's and it's not like I'm trying to, you know, you know, knock on anyone. But it's like you are the business owner. Right. You are the one making all these decisions. If you don't look at yourself internally to be like, hey, yeah, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or maybe I can do something else, whatever the case may be. But if you're not looking at yourself, then when when would you ever really grow as a person and as a business? Because like it's always something else that's affecting you. Right. So, so whatever else that may be factoring in, you're the one that has to come up with a solution. So I think that was it right there. Wow, it was a pretty long podcast, I believe. Um, yeah, so, okay, we'll actually end the podcast right here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the description box down below for the um, for the guide to the ultimate guide to start your decently business, the Instagram links, everything will be down below. If you're on the podcast, you can go to my website, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Instagram and to get all those links that I just mentioned right here. Other than that, hopefully you took something away. If you're, in the, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment down below and let me know if you have any comments, questions, concerns. And if you're just listening to this on your, uh, on your phone or wherever, then I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Bye-bye.